Welcome to the Progress with Unity podcast, the last match preview of the current season. And we've got a full house this evening, Charlie, myself, Pete, Paul and Adam, how are we all doing? Buzzing. Yeah, not too bad. Full of energy. <laughs> We're buzzing, or, or not, as the case may be. <laughs> One announcement to make, we don't have a Rotherham fan tonight. Quick look back at last night's game at Bluefield Road. Blackpool under-21s entertain Wigan Athletic under-21s in the Central League Cup Final. Is it the Central League Cup Final or is it the Central League League Cup Final? I think it's just the Central League Cup Final, I think. Whatever it is, it ended Blackpool nil, Wigan Athletic nil. Should we leave it there? Yeah, just leave it there. Don't talk about the penalties. <laughs> just went straight to penalties. Harry McHugh stepped up to take the first one, put it in Rose Ed, unfortunately. Just a bit of pressure got to him and leant back, sent it skyward. Then we scored three after that and Sam Tickle conceded four. And then Scott Smith came up to, to take the final one and, and Blackpool's keeper saved it. But I thought throughout the game, we were, we were pretty good. We weren't outstanding. A lot of the players were out of position. I know Yusuf Chentouf's an attacking midfielder. He was playing at right back, so we don't have Kieran Lloyd or Ethan Mitchell suspended. The back two centre-backs were Harry McHugh and Kai Payne. I think they're both uh, central midfielders. We had a trialist at left-back who's Finley Armstrong from Burnley, I think he's, he's come from. I think he's also playing on loan at Curzon Ashton. Midfield, uh, Scott Smith and Babarodiko, which is the usual pairing. And then we had three behind Chris C. It was a trialist called Aaron Bennett from Preston. Been on loan at Altrincham as well. And then we had Joe Adams and Callum McManaman. Substitutions, Jack Riley came on. He's from our under-18s. And then Joe Rodwell-Grant came on as well. But we were, we were missing quite a lot of plays. Luke Brennan wasn't playing. He's a left midfielder. Obviously, Kieran Lloyd, Ethan Mitchell. There was no Abdi Sharif, no Dylan Dwyer. And no Miguel Aziz either. He wasn't in the he wasn't in the starting lineup. It's so. a strange one. So this is a tenuous link from Blackpool in relation to penalties. What happened for the first time ever in relation to a penalty shootout at Blackpool? Would this have been the Papa John's Trophy or whatever it was called then? Whatever it was called, yeah. Yeah, uh, the game finished in a draw, but. Yeah. The- had to be settled on the night for a bonus point and we won the penalty shootout. Am I right? Yeah, that's very true. But the tenuous link is to the Eurovision Song Contest. What was the method of penalties called? It's ABBA. That, that didn't last very long. It was partly because of first penalty bias, wasn't it? But right. they, um, they got rid of it. I got caught out yesterday as well. Wow, we've not got a lot to talk about tonight. Yes, you might well pull your face, Adam. My my young grandson ended up in, in hospital following an accident. As he was lying waiting for the doctor to come, the <laughs> Latics announced the team. So I read the team out to him and he got he caught me a big style. It was like a bit of a crowded place and there was nurses running around and what have you and doctors and lots of patients. I read the team out with Sam Tittle in goal, etc. And he said, oh, Tittle, what's his first name? And I said, Sam. And he said, oh, it's a pity his name's not Tess. So I just replied, Tess? Tess Tittle? <laughs> and then the penny dropped. But it was a little bit late because everybody had lifted their heads up and just looked at me saying, Tess Tittle out loud. So 12-year-old Oliver, well done for catching your granddad out. <sighs> Anyway, the joy of being a granddad. Back to the game. They looked like there was a few there as well, didn't they? I mean, I, I, it was on YouTube. It was live, so we could we could watch it. And uh, the Blackpool commentators were, were... I thought they was quite complimentary of the Latics. 
They were, yeah. Um, I think it was the West Stand was open and it was free admission. So a lot of people had, had travelled up there from Wigan. There was a lot of Blackpool fans that seemed to be there as well. I know it looked good and I thought the commentators were, yeah, like you say, they were really complimentary. They all knew the stuff about the Youth Academy as well. So we got some good commentary for, for both sides, really, which um, it, was a, it was a good watch. I enjoyed it. Player of the season, just to mention, get your votes in. It's going to close at by eight o'clock in the morning. I'll count the votes and, and, and that'll be it. So if you want to register a vote for the uh, Progress of Unity Player of the Season, just email us at pwupots at gmail.com and uh, give us your nomination. I'm not telling you who's winning at the moment, but it's very tight at the top. No game on Saturday. It's been moved to Monday and we've got Rotherham United. Expecting a bumper crowd due to the fact that Athletics are giving two free tickets to every season ticket holder to bring along a friend or colleague or family member or whoever they want. Good idea? Yeah, why not? Pack out the stadium, get as many people as you can in to... And then it'd be good to get a lot of people in the stadium, give a good reception to the to the team and Sean Maloney for the final game and... They're going to do a lap, aren't they? They've got a few things planned. There's a, a band on it and there's a fun day for the kids as well. So it's going to be a good atmosphere. It's a little bit of a disappointment getting relegated. Well, more than a little bit of a disappointment, but still it's our football club and we've got to celebrate another season completed. And, and with Sean Maloney at the helm, I think we've got something to look forward to next season. So, you know, that's that's a positive in itself. The, the, the free tickets, it worked out Obviously, really well last season, didn't it, with the Sunderland map? I just wonder how many of the people with the free tickets will, will actually turn up for a dead rubber at the end of the season. I hope they do, obviously, um, even though we've got nothing to play for. But I know sometimes in the Premier League, it was kind of backfired a little bit at times, I think, on the club. They gave free tickets away sometimes for certain matches, and, and then people still didn't turn up. It's I suppose it's the, the old cliche about, do you value something if it's, if it's free? Yeah, I was just going to come in with that. It might be because of the state of how the club's been run this season. But I think it was an afterthought, in my view, because obviously it was part of our season ticket package. Why leave it to the last game? There's no, There was no real sense in it. If it had been, been a massive game, the fans always turn out anyway, don't they? If it's a huge game, they will come anyway. I think it was an afterthought to meet the obligations under the uh, season tickets. I, I think... If we're doing it again next year, we need to do it at a similar time to the Sunderland game, really, not the last game of the season. Yeah, maybe that would down to the fact we've no CEO. We've not had a CEO for a few weeks. I'm just showing I'm not an happy clapper all the time. There's nothing wrong with being an happy clapper. I, do you know what? I'm feeling, re- I'm feeling really happy clappy, to be honest with you. I've, I've kept off Twitter this past week. And I tell you what, it's really good for your mental health. Well, yeah, it's going to massively, that. Talking of being good for your mental health, it's good to exercise your mental health. Friday night, quiz night, down at Whelan's with your host, Barry Worthington. And the questions will be flowing this week. £100 first prize and your entrance fee of £2 per person goes to the Latics community with all their initiatives around town. Fantastic cause to support one that's really underfunded and they're struggling at the moment, so we need to get behind them. They do wonders for the town of Wigan, for vulnerable people around town, old people. The Extra Time Hub is a fantastic initiative. They have a dementia club as well, so brilliant stuff. And uh, every little helps, as you say. It's a good night down at Whelan's. I enjoy it every week, but then I'm not 
answering the questions. I'm asking the questions. So get yourselves down there and see if you can beat the quiz master. So far, nobody's come close, is all I'll say. Nobody's come close to 100%. The winning scores have been around 88, 81%. So get yourself down there, see how close you can get to getting a full score. £100 first prize as well. So there we go. I mentioned we've got Rotherham United coming to the DW Stadium on Monday. Last game of the season. I always meet the last game of the season with a bit of relief but a bit of tins with a bit of sadness as well, because I love my football. But when you get to the stage of the year, I think you're a little bit burnt out with it all. And I certainly am this season, so I'll be glad of the close season to get a little bit of a rest, recharge the batteries. But we'll have a look at Rotherham United. Now, I mentioned that we're not having a Rotherham fan on because they're not coming on here gloating about them stopping up <laughs> and us going down. So that is not going to happen. Yeah, so Rotherham's trip to the DW final day. They have got... Quite a few good players in the squad. They've got a bit of an aging squad as well. Um, I think there's there's quite a few players over the age of 30. And I looked at the average age as well. The average age of the squad is 27.2, according to Transfer Market. And ours is 27.9. So we're both kind of on the aging side for the squads. But the top who to watch play for Rotherham is Chidozi Ogbeni. I think that's how you, you say his name. He's 26 years old, an Irish forward. 39 games for the Millers this season, scoring eight and assisting four. He signed from Brentford in August 2019 after starting out in the Cork City Academy. He then moved to Limerick in January 2017 and then Brentford made a move for him the following January. But he rarely featured for for Brentford. I think he only ended up having about nine appearances for them. And then he went out on loan to Exeter in August 2018 for the first half of the season, came back, still couldn't get in the Brentford side and then Rotherham ended up coming in for him. He's got 136 appearances so far for Rotherham with 14 goals and 22 assists. So this is his best season so far, but I believe his contract is actually set to expire in this summer. So I imagine they will sort that out now that they've secured survival and I can't imagine they're going to they're gonna let him go. Next up, we have Jordan Hugel. He's 30 years old, an English forward, featured 24 times for the Millers this season, scored five, but he hasn't assisted any yet. He signed from Norwich in January 2023. And I was surprised when I looked at his career stats, just how much of his career has been played at championship level. He's had seven games in the National League, where he scored five goals, 14 games at League Two, 23 games at League One, three games at Premier League level, where he he didn't score. And he's had 269 games at championship. He joined on a free from Norwich in January, and he scored five goals in 17 games for Rotherham after starting the season with no goals in seven for Norwich. So... He's got uh, two braces so far this season, one against QPR and one against West Brom, which both of them were were to win the games and get those six points, which I, I imagine have been massive in, in keeping Rotherham up as well this season. And then next up, we have 31-year-old Shane Ferguson. He's a Northern Irish left midfielder, signed from Millwall in January 2021. Played 31 games so far in the championship this season, scoring three and assisting five. He started out in the Newcastle Academy and then he was loaned out to Birmingham, Rangers, Millwall, and Millwall eventually bought him. He played 217 games for them. Rotherham secured him on a free transfer and he's now played 73 times for Rotherham with four goals and 10 assists. This is his second highest attacking return with eight contributions, which is only behind his 2015-16 League One season with Millwall, where he got three goals and eight assists in 39 games. I've identified them as probably the biggest three attacking threats, but we always know with with Wigan, you'll get somebody who's not scored all season and they'll they'll ping one from 25 yards, top corner. Always happens. So, Rotherham's recent recent form. They're in 19th place in the championship table with 49 points from 45 games away. They've had just two wins from their 22 games. 
with 10 defeats and only 12 goals scored with 30 conceded. So that looks um, quite promising for us. Their last six results in the championship have been one draw, a defeat, a draw, two defeats and one win. Uh, but they won the last game against Middlesbrough, which was a crucial thing for them, 1-0. And considering they were, you know, probably seen as a, a big rival for us at the beginning of the season, um, they finished second to us last season. We know that they're, you know, very similar club to us in many ways in terms of the level of support, the size of town that they come from, et cetera, et cetera. And despite the backing that we've had off the pitch financially, uh, we've managed to finish a good way below them. That's probably the big disappointment. I think when they played Middlesbrough, they had very harsh red cards for Borough and Borough weren't really at it. They already qualified for the playoffs. So strange time of the year, this, when you get to the end of the season, isn't it? Where you get some teams who are resting place for the playoffs. Or... I think that's very, I think they're very silly. I think they, they bought that playoff place a while ago. There was no realistic chance of them catching Sheffield after a couple of defeats. I just think momentum is crucial, me personally. Uh, Luton, mm-hmm. Luton played really well at Blackburn, who had something to play with. For me, I'm writing Middlesbrough. I, I think they've, I, I think they've tried to be a little bit too cute, a little bit too clever there, and and, and I don't think they're going to go up. Uh, back to Wigan Athletic versus Rotherham Paul. <laughs> right then, if we come back to our game. We'll have a ref watch. The referee will be Tim Robinson from West Sussex. He was appointed to the national list of EFL referees at the start of the 2012-13 season. Previously, he's refereed the Latic six times, most recently being last season, which was two occasions, the FA Cup win over Blackburn in January and the League One defeat away at Hillsborough in February. His card watch, so far this season, Tim Robinson's taken charge of 39 games of which two have been in the Premier League and 28 have been in the Championship. He's issued 146 yellows, seven reds and awarded six penalties. And that's Tim Robinson, who will be a referee for the final game of the season against Rotherham on Monday. Thank you, Dr Thorpe. So we've met Rotherham 43 times down the years, almost the season's worth, winning 23, drawing eight and losing 12. We won earlier in the season uh, away at the New York Stadium by two goals to nil. Uh, I think that's our only win by more than a goal. That win took us up to ninth, but it was all downhill from there. In our last 10 meetings with Rotherham, we have only lost twice. Uh, and the last time we lost was, I think it was under Malky Mackay, in December 2014, 2-1. Uh, now, in terms of... I'm not going to pick the obvious ones out. Uh, in terms of my favourite Wigan Athletic versus Rotherham game, there's there's a couple from the DW, particularly last season's. I'm going to actually pick one out from the early 90s at Springfield Park, because one of the greatest goals ever scored at Springfield Park against Rotherham uh, Gary Powell. And if you like the Maradona goal, and if you like your Ricky Villas, step aside because Gary Powell's goal was the best goal ever seen in history. Because also look at the quality of the pitch. It was absolutely fantastic, the goal. And seamlessly that moves us on. Springfield Park, what a great place. 26 years ago today, 
we sealed the title in Division Three, And, of course, we all know what happened that day. Even bigger achievement, UK, the last time they won the Eurovision Song Contest. Shine a light. Shine a light. Katrina in the way. 1997. Yes. Six years ago, yeah. Do you remember the Gary Powell goal? Yes. I I do, but it's the only time I've heard him mentioned in the same breath as Marathon. I've got to jump in there and say, I I thought Gary Powell was was half decent. We got him from Everton, didn't we? 18 player. He weren't a reserve player. Was he coming like with Jimmy Carberry and all and and that? Philip Jones as well. Bill Jones, yeah. He was uh, he had a he had a first touch on him. He, was a, he could smack a ball as well, couldn't he? he? Could hit a ball from distance. But he was one of those players who, like, you see them, they're adjusting their ear, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> as the ball's coming to them and wondering how they yeah. look more than they're knocking around today. I don't think I ever were like that. I had to get it out of my eyes because they had an oasis haircut, and it was, <laughs> it was awful at times. Right, let's let's have a look at the uh, prediction then. We've got Rotherham coming. We, we we tend to do okay against Rotherham, don't we, at our place. Hopefully it's going to be a bit of a carnival atmosphere. I hope the players enjoy the day as much as the supporters. It, we're down and, and people are accepting it, so let's look towards next season. Let's have a good day on, on Monday and finish the season in a bit of style. Well, Adam went back to the Rotherham game at the start of the last season, which was a... Last minute, Will Keane winner. So I particularly fond of that game because it's the first one my daughter went to. So I will go for a repeat of that. I think we're going to finish strong. I don't think it's going to be incredible, but I'm going to go for two one to Wigan, and I think Charlie Hughes is going to score his second senior goal. Yeah, I think both teams are going to be. A bit distracted, I think, aren't they? I think Sean Maloney's going to do his best to try and get a professional performance out of them and perhaps even try something new. Maybe we'll see one or two of the uh, under-23s, at least on the bench, and maybe get an introduction towards the end. We'll see. That would be perhaps the most interesting part of the match. The last matches of the season when there's nothing to play for tend not to be that interesting, do they? But as a potential result, I'll go for... Um, I, I really, I really hope we can finish on a, on a good note and win two 0 The second game that didn't matter was a classic one: Swigan three, Wolves two. When Boise nearly scored an hat trick last day of the season. Yeah, I like that three-two scoreline. We've had that before against Rotherham. Uh, what I think we need to do over the next few days is see if we can find someone with the surname Powell, because we had Maradona Powell scoring in at Springfield Park, then we had Nick Powell in Esther scoring. Uh, in a win against Rotherham uh, a few years ago when he was shit-housing with the goalkeeper. So if we can find the Powell in the next few days, I'm going for a 3-2 win. Let's quick look at the uh, the fixtures for the weekend. It looks like Reading's probably going to come down with us. Huddersfield have got Sheffield United on Thursday and then they're at home to Reading on Monday. Interesting game, Borough v Coventry. They could end up facing each other in the playoffs. We've also got Blackburn are away at Millwall, both going for the last playoff spot. In the Professional Development League North, which is where our under-21's been playing outside of the, the Central League Cup, Sheffield United were just crowned champions of that one. They pretty much ran away with it this year. But there is a race for second place, and it's between Wigan Athletic, Hull City and Coventry City. Wigan have 39 points from 27 games and Hull have 39 points from 27 games and both have one game left. Coventry have 36 from 27, so they're still within a chance, but 
Hull and Wigan both have to lose and the, the goal difference has to swing quite a bit. So for us to get second place, which enters us then into a playoff and we will be in the playoffs with Bristol City and Millwall, who were the top two from the group south and also with Sheffield United, who won ours, we would have to beat QPR, who I think are eighth in group south at the moment. And we have to finish with a higher goal difference than Hull. We've got eight, they've got seven. And Hull will need to beat Charlton and then better ours as well. So all the games will be played on Tuesday the 9th of May. QPR versus Wigan at Loftus Road, 1.30 kickoff. Charlton versus Hull on the same day on Tuesday the 9th. 2pm kickoff at the Valley. And then Bristol City versus Coventry, Tuesday the 9th of May, 1pm at Robin... Is it Robin Park? One of their academy grounds anyway, so... Two of the games are actually hosted at the at the host ground anyway, so for the first team, because I think they've got to do five per season. So it's going to be quite an interesting little run into the end. So the under-21s could actually have more fixtures going on into the summer as well, if the, if we do get the second place. Oh, fantastic. Fingers crossed on that one then. Come on, the 21s. Yeah, uh, we'll be back on Wednesday, a review of not only the Rotherham game, but the season. So we'll we'll get a few things off our chest that night. We'll also announce the winner of the Progress with Unity podcast player of the season. I wonder who that's going to be. Anyway, until Wednesday, uh, it's uh, enjoy your bank holiday weekend. I don't know what's happening to make it a bank holiday this weekend, but there's something going on. See you at Wheelands on Friday if you fancy doing a bit of quizzing. If not, we'll be back on a week tonight on Wednesday. So until then, it's up the ticks and come on! Up the ticks. Just to maybe sway you a little bit, we've got some listeners have sent in their nominations. So let's just have a quick listen. Play of the season for this season has been Max Power. He gives his absolute all for this club. There's a reason that three managers have all put the faith in him. Max, it is for me. And my player of the year is going to go to Charlie Hughes. Usually you see young players come into teams at the top of the table, high on confidence where other players can help them through or they go to the lower divisions and apply their trade. But Charlie was thrown into a struggling team, low on confidence, poor results, and he hasn't looked out of place. For me, the player of the season has to be somebody who's featured regularly under all the managers that we've had and who's performed consistently well. There's one who I think in particular gives his teammates confidence, he's calm and unflappable and puts in good performances week after week, and that is Super Jack Watmore. My player of the season is James McLean and I hope he stays for another year. My choice for Wigan Athletic player of the season would be Ben Amos. I think he's been the most consistent player all season. Some of the saves were match savers, so my choice player of the season would be Ben Amos. I think there's only two candidates, really. One, the young lad Charlie Hughes, who's hardly put a foot wrong, but he's not played every game this year. And I think the only person I can give it to, even though I'm not his biggest fan, really, is James McLean because of his season-long all-out effort. Tough one to call this year. But this player epitomises the Wigan Athletic spirit. Never say die attitude. He loves the club and always gives 100%. And in addition, he always winds up the opposition fans and players alike. My nomination is 
James McLean. I will be voting for James McLean. He has the heart of a lion, hard as nails, never gives less than 100% and is always on the move and also effective in both boxes. My player of the season, the ever-present James McLean. So player of the season, well, I've struggled with this and I've flitted between a few players. Obviously Jack Watmore is colossal but he's been in and out of the side with injuries this year. Charlie Hughes, he only came in in February. Don't think we can call it for the season. You've got James McLean, who runs his blood to water week in, week out. Teehee, who just looks a superb signing. But for me, I'm going to go for Will Keane. Very, very difficult. If I had to plump for one, I would possibly go for... Will Keane by default due to the number of goals that he scored and perhaps um, being treated a little bit unfairly not starting every game. There's many I can pick on. Shall I use what more? But I have thought about it and my play of the season is a player that's consistent. You can play him anywhere. You can play him left back, you can play him wing back, you can play him anywhere you want to play him left wing. So my player of the season is McLean. Goals, assists, commitment, 45 games, 100% in all of them. A great competitor and a great player for us. James McLean is my player of the season. Come on, up the tick. Well, that was quite interesting. There are quite a few going for James McLean, though. 